Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we went through some amazing headlines from the news and then talked a lot about uh, Christy and Nikki and Iowa and all that stuff. Here's the show. Headline. Stefanik pulls endorsement of House GOP recruit over Trump criticism. <laughs> Get in line. Stefanik, who is the House Republican Conference chairman, the uh, the party, her party, of which she's the House Conference chairman, uh, has recruited a, a fellow named Craig Rydell. And uh, Craig Rydell has been caught on tape saying that wait hold on let me just did he get caught on tape doing sexual assault no wait did he get caught on tape uh saying something disparaging about mm, a whole religious group no no not he didn't do that hold on did he get caught on tape um what else could he get caught on tape for that would really be objectionable um, uh, what about demanding that a foreign government interfere in an election? Otherwise, he's going to re- withhold. What about that? In a quid pro quo, an explicit. Cri- no, it wasn't that either. Did he and, give a speech saying that people should not honor the results of an election? No. Okay, what no. did he do? What could it be? Well, he did say that Donald Trump was arrogant. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> The worst of all things. The greatest and, of sins. And so on Thursday, Elise Stefanik tweeted out, I was very disappointed in his inappropriate comments regarding President Trump. As we begin 2024, my focus is on ensuring that we nominate the strongest candidates on the ballot who are committed to electing President Trump this November. Not not the strongest candidates on the ballot, period. The strong, the strongest ballots, on the, the strongest candidates on the ballot, who are committed to electing President Trump. And so, what I want to, to reinforce here is that the qualifier is not are committed to President Trump. The qualifier is strongest candidates. Mm-hmm. The 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 object is. Candidates who are committed to electing President Trump. <laughs> and I don't, so I, 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 I will admit to have not followed this closely. Um, is this candidate one of the people running in New York? I presume so, since this is Elise Tvonik. Is it, is it one of these mo- more moderate candidates running in New York, uh, ultimately for one of these seats? This is, is Ohio. Oh, this is Ohio. Ohio. And uh, he's the guy who is their hope to keep J.R. Majewski oh, out of it. Do you remember J.R.? I do. The guy do. who went lost by like 30 bazillion points to Marcy Didn't he Marcy lie Kaptur. about his military That's service? That's the guy, the stolen valor. Maybe he right. was a rapper. And, uh, and so the Ohio Republican Party was like, yeah, we can't do that again on this <laughs> quasi-winnable seat. We need to go get this other dude, Rydell, because he's like a normal human being who didn't lie about his military service record. And at least Stefanik is now being like, no, I mean, we, we can roll with the dude who lied about his military record if we have to. <laughs> oh, he also expressed, Majewski expressed support for Q- QAnon. Uh, well, you great. know, 
The QAnon oh, supports Paul Donald Gosar Trump's re-election. Endorsed him. Great. It's amazing. Uh, okay. Amazing. Well, so is Elise. So that's her guy now, huh? That's well, I'm, as she. I love that she said it though. That what she's focused on is getting the strongest candidates who are committed to to getting President Trump. The most important thing is get candidates who are committed to electing Trump. The next most important thing to that is like people who are strong from that group who are as strong as possible. Okay. You're a Republican Party, friends. Do you know what this is about? Do you know why she's doing this? Because she is trying to butch up after Nikki Haley made all of that that huge push for the VP presidential nomination <laughs> by not disavowing slavery which was honestly yeah, right. a genius move on her part and is going to be the thing that when when they wind up sitting down with the MAGA people and Bannon and saying, look, we're doing Haley, and I'm sorry, we're doing Haley, and Bannon's like, well, oh, I'm going to take off my third layer of clothes, then they're going to say, look, she's on, she won't condemn slavery. She thinks slavery was okay, right? See, come on, she's with us. One really. of us, one of us. <laughs> That's going to be the fig leaf they use to, to shoehorn her onto the ticket. I, you know, right? that's I what this is. Yeah. I, so I, I love my Katie Britt theory of the case. But Elise, after taking down, I mean, obviously, she took down the biggest enemy of the right, which is Claudine Gay. Right. She she that Elise Stefanik is is making a real pitch for VP. And you know what? She's a good candidate. Like she gets you. All the normie vibes of a Nikki Haley. No. But with the MAGA commitment. I'm sorry. No. Because she looks like this. This is Elise Stefanik. She (laughs) looks like the schmoo. That's (laughs) the schmoo. Elise Stefanik is is a perfect. No. I I don't. First of all, I I don't. I'm not going to participate in a in a actual uh, contemplation of her 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 looks other than to say she is perfectly like a, a normie. Uh, female Republican st- with their with the suits and I, the things. Uh, look, I am not judging her or othering her because of her, her appearance. I am simply saying that the person who will make this decision cares more about look than anything else when considering his casting of his, you know, his administration. I, I agree. I agree with and caring about that. When I just... he looks at Elise Stefanik, he's going to say, she looks like the schmoo. No, she- that's what he's going to say. Okay. I'm sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, so there's there's another 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 headline I'd like to give you from the Associated Press yesterday. So they ran this uh, this on January 4th by Will Weisart. One attack, two interpretations. Biden and Trump both make the January 6th riot a political rallying cry. It's just one attack and two interpretations. You know, when will the liberal media stop trying to to hammer conservatives and finally give conservatism a fair shake, Sarah? What do they have to do to finally get a break from these activists in the MSM? Gotta hear both sides. Gotta hear both sides. Uh... That is spectacular. The problem is, is that we know that somewhere there's just a headline writer. 
right? Who's not the prob- probably the person who wrote the piece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, this is, I, I shouldn't have singled being... out the author because yeah, yeah. the authors don't write headlines. This they is don't not... write the headlines. It's well, like it's somewhere not your there's fault. some, some, you know, I don't want to be disparaging, but somewhere there's a person, probably a young person, uh, who didn't think that hard about it and thought they were being a little clever by setting up this juxtaposition of because what they mean is is that Biden mm. is using January sixth to say that Trump is unfit, uh, and Trump is using January sixth as you know, hey, the election was stolen, and I'm still talking about it. The problem is is that by saying using the word interpretations, right? It is like, well, it could have been uh, a it could have been a tour, a capital tour. That's one interpretation. Could have just been could have been some some patriots needing to be heard in the people's house uh, and uh, registering their dissatisfaction in a peaceful way. Uh, or it could have been an attempt to overthrow the government because people didn't like the results of an election. So this is a this is a Sarah and JVL special because <laughs> I would bet that. One of the things which drove you into the arms of conservatism was the idea of moral relativism and factual relativism as a you young know this to be true. adult, we, right? We are, we are a generation of conservative that was shaped by things like closing of the American mind. Um, and I, Rigoberta Menchu, do you remember this? Yeah. Rigoberta Menchu, who won like whatever the Nobel Prize, and it turns out her all of her biography was made up. And the liberal defense of her was, well, there were larger truths. You know, yeah. like, okay, sure, maybe there were larger truths, but her truths were wrong and you we're, can't. We're false, right. objectively. And this is this is sort of the point when, when, when the Claudine Gay conversation happens, right? And I say, objective standards matter. It is in part because I was raised on the idea of like the whole, well, we we have to structural, blah, you know, like, no, there are objective standards. There is right and wrong. It is a thing that it is, it is the reason that when people are like, well, you know, was it hard to break away and, you know, oppose Trump? And I was like, no, I didn't even it wasn't hard at all because you're like, this is wrong. This is a bad person. This is objectively wrong. And I was raised on an ob- on the idea as a conservative that objective truth not only matters, but is essential and exists to how we orient the it world. Exists. Yeah. Like right. there are there are many things in life which are shades of gray. Yeah. But black and white do exist. Right. This is not everything is black and white. This is not but the conservative position once that you can know truth. That you right. can know and, and by, truth I mean small true. C conservative. I don't mean like, yeah. you know, Heritage Foundation conservative, but I mean as I you know as I was writing about yesterday. But did you read uh read the triad yesterday, by the way? How could I have missed it? There was like everybody kept sending it to me <laughs> because your footnote uh, was like, "Hi, Sarah." <laughs> Just everyone needs an optimist in their life, and so people kept being like, "Dude, he he t- he's talking about you in here." Like, don't pr- make sure you read it. <laughs> but I got did you. you back. Just look at the screenshots, or did you did you actually read the? The piece. Oh, I well between some, <laughs> I think I got the gist between all the screenshots that were sent. That's perfect. I know what you were talking about. Uh, all right, one more headline. One more headline, if you will indulge me. Report: Trump businesses received seven point eight million dollars in foreign payments during presidency. This story so also is it a M, a million with an M or million with, with an M? Yes. Uh, now I think it is important to know loose change in the couch that these are not payments from. Like foreign nationals. It's not like some dude in Qatar 
was renting a room at the... These are from foreign governments. The government of Saudi Arabia. The government of Qatar. And would you like to know? Would you like to guess? Because you had not seen this story. So this is, this is a live, legit, no kayfabe question. Which foreign government contributed the most millions of dollars to Donald Trump's businesses during his time as president. That's the other important thing here. We're not talking about like back in 2012 or last year in 2023. We're talking during his... his, No. Okay, hold on. Um, Saudi Arabia. No, they're 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 on the list, but but what is it that they always complain about Joe Biden getting Oh, rich China. From? Yeah. China. Or yes. as someone in my New Hampshire focus group said yesterday, China. China. Nikki Haley, I don't think she's good on China. It the the extent to which everything is projection is like at some point it's so on the nose that I feel like we have to stop. But you know, no, the problem is that Hunter Biden Hunter, Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family, what they did was, uh, you know, that that loan that you can still make money from loaning somebody for cash for a down payment on a car. I mean, you know, sure, Joe Biden was a private citizen, but Hunter got his money from his work with China that he used to pay his dad back. And so, I mean, it was all. But then it comes to this and just crickets. Crickets. Well, I think that. uh you know, people are going to have to dig in and make this an issue if they want it to be an issue. See, this is where the right really has an advantage. Is they just have like a gajillion people who want to sit online and come up with like, like they go through everything to come up with theories and share them. It's just a really active world that I'm not sure exists as much on the left of like, boy, I'm just going to, I have the sustained energy to talk about the $7 million that oh. came mostly from China to Donald Trump. I mean, that's one advantage. But the other advantage is the force field of of shit. Because even if everybody on the left and in the mainstream media could spend, like, days of their lives obsessing over this, 72 hours from now, he's going to call somebody else vermin or call for the execution yeah. of jaywalkers or something. Like, th- there's going to be something else in a day or two. That's true. It's just always another thing. And that is... No, it's absolutely right. The extent to which that is a shield and to which our capacity... Here's here's the the deepest point, right? People get exhausted by Trump, right? This is a a phenomenon that we see, we've seen in in many elections now. But I think they also get exhausted of being exhausted about Trump. Hmm. See where I'm going there? It's an enigma wrapped inside a riddle. But I'm serious about it. No, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, so yeah, I agree with that. I don't know how, I agree. Bad. Okay. Uh, I have something. Go ahead. Yeah. I was uh, going to ask I you about to... uh, Christy and Nikki Haley. Is that where you wanted to go? Or did you want to go someplace else? No, I wanted to say something about this focus group that I was listening to from New Hampshire. We're doing all the early Ooh. states. Did any right of them now. talk with a good, good New Hampshire accent? They did. Yeah. They talked. Actually, there was one great one. You can't get that from like, here. He said, we asked, they were, and it's this group, this was two-time Trump voters, and they love Trump. Uh, and they're like, we asked about DeSantis, we asked about DeSantis and Haley. And with DeSantis, uh, people were like, eh, they were kind of doing halvesies. 
Except for one guy was like, I don't like him. Mm-hmm. He's got a punchable face and I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> In his New Hampshire accent. Uh, it's uh, really funny. But, go down but to the package, a- the package store. <laughs> get me some... Get me some Miller lights, and then I'm going to punch I mean, that DeSantis in the face. I can't do these accents, but it was, like, it was just a guy being like, what do you think of Ron DeSantis? I don't know. He's got a really punchable face, and I don't like him. That <laughs> was just, <laughs> just great. That's um, great. But there was a woman, and on a more serious note, there was a woman who was saying that, you know, I know Trump's no angel. I know he's had some things hmm. with women, but it's not like Biden where there's rape and there's all these other allegations (laughs) and there's all this stuff with Hunter Biden. And I just, I was trying to, I was on MSNBC last night with Ali Velshi and I was trying to explain like the earth too. Like the, the, the reason it's so hard for people and the reason I do all the focus group stuff is that people, they're like, but, but we're working off the same information. So how can you believe this? And I'm just telling you, there's a different, like, it's like walking into a different reality as you listen to people. Like, there's the normal stuff they say where they're complaining about the price of eggs. And then there's the really weird way that, like, a guy in the Iowa group is like, you know, that's the other thing about Trump that I love. He brought religion back. He brought religion back. And you think, oh, okay, how do I, what do you, what do, you do with a world in which people think Trump brought religion back and that Joe Biden is definitely a rapist and, you know, worse than Trump on in terms of sexual morality. It's a tough one. Uh, I, I genuinely don't know. We just keep making each other speechless. And <laughs> it's, here's here. I'll segue. It is one thing. For these idiot mouth breathers who, I, uh, frankly, I'm amazed that somebody who walks around with like that is able to hold a job. So if somebody said to you, yeah, I think Joe Biden has raped people. Would you say, yes, you are probably competent to manage the inventory of my my 7-Eleven. Would you think that that person was competent? I personally wouldn't. Um, but first of all, I don't know that people lead with that in their job interviews. But, uh, you know, these are people living otherwise, otherwise perfectly normal lives. But how? How is the world so soft that people that dumb are able to, like, support themselves and make a living? I honestly don't know. Because, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, the world's a pretty tough place out there. and Yeah, but, like, not quite 50% of America... It's not 50%. It's maybe like 30, but it's just, you know, and they're geographically concentrated in ways that allow people to, like, you watch the dynamics of the groups. And one of the things that I do that I think is sort of different than a way other people did calls. I decided a long time ago we were only going to do groups that agreed with each other because you wanted to create the safe space. Because you do, we did, you know, you do mixed groups and people fight or the, and they clam up. But like in yeah, this group, this woman was going on a whole thing and was basically like asking like at the end of it. And she was like, and that's my I'll stop now. And that's my thing. And, you know, take I'll take a bow. You know, like they 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 do feed off of each other in this way. Like she knew she was in company and they agreed with her. Right. She gets attaboys 
for the degree to which she was going after Biden. To be clear, what I'm, I, I just want to, I don't want to be misinterpreted by people who are listening. When I say the cognitive thing, I don't mean the like decision to support Trump because you like this or that or whatever. Like that, that that's fine. I think it's stupid for lots of reasons. But I mean, when I talk about cognition, I mean walking around believing that the inputs you've gotten describe a reality in which Joe Biden is a rapist. Yeah. Like that's like I don't I don't you know, like if that's how like, I don't understand that. That's what I mean. Like I mean the inability to sort of take in information and process it in rational ways. Yeah, but this is where this is where the Trump machine has always been on top of the cloud of smoke, which is to say, oh, Tara Reid, who clearly has some relationship with Russia that's weird, mm-hmm. right? Like, I like at some, I do get uh, just a smidgy conspiracy theory around some of these things because they're so bizarre. But like, I think it's pretty unequivocal that Tara Reid was not raped by Joe Biden. Yeah. And so she like drops, comes out of nowhere, drops this claim and then hustles off to Russia afterwards where they're making her a nice a nice little home. That stuff's super weird to me. Uh, Meanwhile, Donald Trump was actually on trial for sexual assault in which evidence was presented in a public court that was covered by everybody in the world, right? Like how many months ago was this? Eight months ago? Yeah. Uh, and a jury of his peers. And he peers was found civilly liable. Found him. and And as the judge explained... They found as a legal matter that he had committed sexual assault. And right. we also all heard him out of his. I mean, I don't know about the E. Jean Carroll stuff, but I do know that he is on tape. Uh, oh, locker talking room about, talk, yeah. Yeah, locker room, doing a lot of locker room. Anyway, the point is, only point, my point is just these alternate realities. But let's, can we do, let's do horse race. So talk to me about, uh, well, I guess this is all wrapped up in it. Um, do you want to do Bad Sununu or Christy and Nikki? Do you want to go to Iowa first or New Hampshire first? So it's all the same. Actually, it's all the same. So it's I, I said horse race, but that's reductive of what I want to talk about. This is a secret podcast, and I want to work something out with you. I want to Ooh. hit you with something, and I want to talk about it. I'm all ears. I've been I've been I've been bringing this up a little bit because I have a I feel genuinely conflicted about something. So I am in a world on my activist side, mm-hmm. right, where I have I would say sort of responsibilities. Like I am a person. That people talk to when they think, how do we get a non-Trump candidate to win, right? And I think about this all the time. I think about how do you beat Trump? How do you – because I believe that Trump is at a threat level where I don't sit around and being like, well, this is why I was willing to say if Ron DeSantis proves himself to be the one who can beat Trump, like, I'll do it. I'm there. I hate yeah. him. And I'll do it because – I believe Donald Trump is the biggest. A lot of people got very angry with you and I for saying that. Like, yeah, we we were saying we didn't think he was going to be, but if he was, like, you know, we'd go and vote for him and stuff. God, yeah, and and that this is where um, there's only one. Like, the thing that matters most to me, like, I am. You you can you know the people who accuse us of being we you want Donald Trump because that's how you you know. But no, I don't. I want I would I want anything to happen to make Donald Trump not to be the next president. And you only get two shots at him, the primary and the general. And I'm worried about the general. I do think that's where we're going to have to beat him, but obviously, you know, I'm just I'm worried about all of it. So there's this part of me 
that constantly is like looking at the field and saying, what can you do with this field of uh, miscreants here? Um, you know, and so there's this debate. So Charlie had a piece yesterday that was like, hang in there, Chris Christie. And I have publicly a number of times said that like Christie's got to get out. And he's got to get out because there is only a like 5% narrow sliver path for Nikki Haley. Like Ron DeSantis is done. He's just done. Uh, so what happens, the only, the only way is that Nikki comes in second in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And she gets sort of a surprise second boost. And because people are desperate for the news story, headlines everywhere. Nikki Haley beats Ron DeSantis. Comes in. And maybe maybe the margin is Trump's expectations are really high, right? We've all been talking about he's going to clear 50%, whatever. Well, what if he doesn't? What if there's a 20-point gap? Okay? It's like Which is only still a bi- double the yeah, biggest no. gap in the history of the Republican Iowa That's caucus. right. But like, <laughs> that's exactly right. But let's just say there's an expectation game everyone's playing, which there is. And so everybody goes, ooh. And then you go into New Hampshire and she wins. Now, she only wins, only wins if Chris Christie drops out. So let's just say hypothetically she wins. Now, I think that's the end of it because I don't think she turns around then and goes into South Carolina and wins her home state. And and it's actually – it's the it's what the opposite of the way it normally works. Normally, you'd be like, yes, this is my home state. They know me. They will rally around me. It's the opposite. It's, no, it's no. her home state. It's the same they know thing. Her. They do know her. <laughs> yeah, they know her <laughs> and they don't want her. Um, they want Trump. And so I think that's a problem. But – it does allow Nikki to basically – because I think Ron drops out. She goes into Super Tuesday, whatever. She is the other person. That scenario only happens if Chris Christie drops out. And so I have been like, he's got to do it. Like what – because he did this last time. He stays in. He shivs Marco Rubio. Uh, but the thing is, is like Marco Rubio wasn't going to win anyway, right? And Nikki Haley is probably – almost certainly not going to win anyway. So I am torn between the idea of there's one option, there's one narrow little path, and so we should fight for it. And yet my fear about Nikki Haley, and I think it's not even, it's not so much a fear, I think it's probably a a truism, that Nikki Haley Once she has been defeated by Trump, maybe she goes a much further distance than people expect, but she, once she's been defeated, she endorses Trump. Or she gets out earlier than that and he cuts a deal with her. I don't know. Probably not for VP, but for something else. Secretary of State. Actually, there'd probably be a big pushback against that. But like, whatever. That is terrible. It is terrible. And this goes to the Sununu thing. The normie candidates creating the permission structure for other normies to vote for Trump by saying that, yes, of course they'll vote for him because Biden's a disaster, they say. Nikki Haley, who gets this 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 20% or 30% of the normies in the party to go with her and then turns around and endorses Trump. This is all very bad. Mm-hmm. That permission structure they are building is very bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you say, okay, so so Charlie's point is, well, Chris Christie's telling the truth. He's out there saying how bad Trump is. And also every building day. a permission structure. But here's the thing. Well, so then the question is, is so Chris Christie is, is, is articulating clearly the threat. Then he went on Hugh Hewitt yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's between, Hugh Hewitt says, what do you do if it's between Trump and Biden? 
He says, I don't vote for either of them. And my my question there is, now, I, I don't know that, so a bunch of people, and I, I tweeted about this. I was like, I, you know, I genuinely don't understand this. Uh, it might even have been early this morning he did it. Um, but I was like, I genuinely don't understand this answer because when you're Chris Christie and you have articulated how severe the threat is, you're running to tell this truth. And then you say that they are both so equally bad you won't vote for either of them. It's the craziest fucking thing. I, I'm not sure that that's not worse. And so, like, I, I don't I, – I am – I am um, I, I was I was starting to feel like I had been wrong to call on Christie to drop out because there was – he was doing the right thing. Like, and the right thing is the right thing. Back to our objective, right? Mm-hmm. The right thing's the right thing. And so if Christie's doing the right thing and Nikki Haley's not – I'm I'm torn between the pragmatist in me that feels like you have to do the thing that might work, that even if it's got the slimmest chance, it still has a chance. Christie has no chance. Christie's not going to be the nominee of anything in the Republican Party ever again. Torn between that and the value of Christie telling the truth, both the moral value of it and even sort of the political value. Because if he drops out then and endorses Biden, that's good. Yeah. But if he says... And, and and look, maybe you say, well, he'll do that later. He can't do it right now. He's running in the Republican primary. Okay. Uh, but I just think every time, this is the no labels thing. Anytime somebody acts like Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the same, they are building the most pernicious permission structure that exists, which is to give people a sense of equivalency and to normalize Trump. As though it's just some policy differences you One have. One attack, with him. two interpretations. One attack, two interpretations. Hey, Sarah, do you know there's there's actually more of the show? Oh, yeah. there is. How much more? There's more. So much more. All of the more. It goes on for hours. If people want to get the rest of the show, you, you know what they have to do, right? I think they have to go to Bowler Plus. Do they have to subscribe? What do they yes, have to do? Yes, they have to pay us money. Oh, pay that man his money. And go uh, to thebulwark.com and subscribe to become a member of Bulwark Plus. All the good stuff's on the other side. Bye.